This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello, and welcome to the Strategic Expanse. I'm your host, Nate, and I'm joined by my co-host, Troy. Hey. On this 33rd episode of the Strategic Expanse, we're going to discuss Explorminate and the various things that happened in the past four years. Welcome to the Strategic Expanse. And our guest panelists today are Joshua and Mark. Hello. Hi, guys. How you doing? Welcome to the show, guys. You guys ready for this? Very excited. Glad to be here. All right. As always. All right. Okay. Well, this is going to be more of a freeform show. We don't have like a list of topics we want to cover, really, like no bullet points we're going to try to hit. So instead, we just kind of compiled. So far, I have four questions. Basically, each one of us contributed a question that we're curious what the others would say to it. So I'll just I'll moderate in that sense. I'll ask the question. I'll direct it to a person, and whatever you know, whichever direction the the conversation flows afterwards, so be it. So um, let's begin with the first question, and maybe Troy, you'll be the first one to give an answer. Sure. What is it? All right. So quick, uh, quick little. um, Background. One of the major conversations we've had over the past four years in Explorminate has been what is the status of the Forex genre? Basically, are we in a golden age? Did the golden age begin right as right as uh, Rob and I founded Explorminate? Was that like all these games were coming out or everything was like oh, so much anticipation, so many things coming? Or maybe it was in the last two years or last year, maybe even this year. So the question is, what is the current state of Forex in your opinion? So go for it, Troy. Well, 2018 has been something of an unusual year for Forex games. Starting with the year that you and Rob founded Explorminate back in 2014, like there's been a lot of games, a lot of Forex games released each year, but 2018 hasn't been that way at all. In fact, uh, unless I'm missing my count, I think there's only been three games officially launched this year for 4X. We had at the beginning of the year, um, what was it, Space Tyrant? Mm-hmm. And uh, then, you know, uh, we just recently had Aggressor's Ancient Rome come out. Mm-hmm. And, Gladius also. And uh, yeah, the only other one that was in between was uh, Warhammer 40K Gladius. So that's, mm-hmm. that's only three. And usually by this point, we've had five, you know, m- most years. And then by the end of the year, it, it's been six to eight. So 
2018 has seen a a sudden and rather precipitous drop off compared to previous years. Now, one might be able to make the the argument that uh, Northgard might sort of belong in 4x. I think it's a bit different. I, I don't think it, it's quite a 4x game. Uh, but even with Northgard, we're still at a much lower number than what we've been in the past. And uh, I think part of that is increased competition from other genres that are adjacent, like grand strategy games. Um, the the Total War Warhammers have been really popular. The uh, survival city builders like Frostpunk have done really well and have pulled people off. Uh, Surviving Mars is another one. So uh, 2018, as far as the direction of 4X, it, it has been a low year for our genre and certainly the lowest since Explorminate was founded. Okay, that's, that's a pretty spot-on assessment. What about you, Mark? What do you think? You know, when I first joined... Hang on, excuse me. So it's all about informal here at the Strategic Stand, <laughs> so we're all going to enjoy ourselves a little bit. And you know what? I was talking to Nate and the boys after, you know, off can off microphone. And I th- one of the things I always wanted to bring up, and I won't take much of your time, but uh, if you're listening to this right now and you're one of the fans of Exploraminate, you 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 tap into our podcast every week. You, you sometimes I think sometimes miss the the personalities that are behind some of the articles of the YouTube content that we create. This is a great opportunity to see what we're like a little bit off kilter, off um, you know, off the standard fare and mm-hmm. off and, script. And, exactly, uh, you know, open mic. So when it comes to where we are in forex, I think that in two thousand thirteen fourteen. We saw a lot of people, independent developers, were looking at some of the successes that, that came out on the indie circuit when it came to 4X. And these were gamers that probably grew up looking at Master of Orion as the apex sit-on-the-throne king of 4X and thought to themselves, why isn't any publisher making any game that could be as good or even better? Why isn't the evolution of 4X expanded past this process? And considering that certain engines had come out like the Unity engine that could be established and utilized by independent developers, they saw an opportunity there to try to expand that. And when those two kind of paradigms collapsed on themselves where they saw um, free-to-use engines and technical skill when it came to developing all kind of coming to an apex, there was a flood of 4X games either being in development or coming out at the exact same time. So you could say that's the, you know, the golden age of 4X, because at least we were getting a plethora of different 4X games. Some were hit and miss, some were great, some had a lot of potential that never got realized. And unfortunately, or, or, or for the better for, for us, is that some ended up being excellent. I think that nostalgically, we look back in the past and say, well, the 4X golden age is behind us. But if you think about from 2014 to 2018, we've got... Uh, Galactic Civilizations 3, which is a game that has been far improved since its initial launch. We've got an Endless Space 2, which is, to this day, considered, you know, if not someone's favorite, but at least the top five considerations when you're talking about the, be- the best 4X games in the last four years. We've gotten Stellaris, and we've gotten all these different hybrids that have also come out, including, and I don't like to promote it, but the Star Drive series, because Dan, the developer, is... You know, some people would get told, consider him, you know, I can't, how can I say this? A thief in the night, and um, a jerk, 
because he doesn't finish what he started. But the bottom dollar is, is the very base, many people consider it, including me, is one of those unsung potentials that never got realized due to like straight laziness. You're lazy, Dan. If you're listening to this, you're lazy. But the bottom dollar is that we had um, a very different perspective on 4X through various different developers that all were coming into the market at the exact same time. And I think I said it in maybe the end of the year 2017, we were having our podcast, I said that 2018 would be the refinement of those games that succeeded. And that ends up, to me, that ended up being true. Because like Troy said, we've only had three heavy hitters come in and try to break into the market. But yet, the ones that have established themselves, Civilization, Stellaris, Endless Space, and of course Endless Legends just came out with a surprise DLC. They're all about refining their current product. And the fan base is there to support that and to support these games so much so. And I think in part because we're not getting all of these brand new developers, indie developers spiking in and trying to take our attention away from it. So is are we are we are, you know the current state of 2018? I think it's a refinement age. And I think that there are certain games coming up in the future that are going to look at games like Stellaris and go, wow, look how they kind of mm, edged outside of the core idea of what 4X traditional should be and thinking to themselves, how can we capitalize on maybe several different genres, tie it in to make a really solid 4X game? That That's very interesting. And um, I have some thoughts about that, but I'll address it when I speak about how I feel about it, but you bring up some very good points. So how about you, Joshua? What do you think? I disagree with all of you. You're all wrong. I'm of used course. To it. Yeah. Sure, no Here we go. Oh, wait, you want me to say more? I thought that was self-explanatory. All right. Mm-hmm. So Troy, you, you said that you feel like 2019 is an outlier. I actually think that 2015 through 17 are the outlier. Well, I think 2018 point. is, is back to normal. We went through a long desert where a few 4Xs would pop up every now and again. Um, you know, Galactic Civs 2, Endless Space. You know, and something would come up and you'd have a couple of other small things. And then all of a sudden, like, the ground shook and all this stuff just burbled out of it in the last three years. And we got Civ 6 and we got Stellaris and we got Endless Space 2 and we got Endless Legends and we got Galactic Civ 3. And I think that, you know, all those things are great, but it also means that we really shouldn't be expecting a lot of turnover again. I think we're probably going to go back to maybe not a hibernation, but I, you know, whether it's a golden age or not, it, it was definitely a golden age in terms of providing and um, creating 4X games. Whether they're great or disappointments, I think, depends. We have all the positive people on the podcast. If we had Oliver on, I'm sure it would be different. Um, but the reality is, is that I think... Most of those things are now going to go back underground. I don't think we're going to see Civ 7 for another few years. I don't think we're going to see Galactic Civs 4 for, you know, a bunch of years. I mean, I know that um, those guys have talked about doing a new game. I think it's probably going to be a fantasy game, but that'll be the sort of the in-betweener game, I think, more than us seeing a huge number of 4X games in the future. The other thing that, just to be a downer, I'll disagree with with Mark is Mark, you were talking about this being an age of refinement. I actually think that one of the reasons we're seeing sales drop, and I know that this is a, a really in Troy's wheelhouse, but one of the reasons we're seeing sales drop is that I think that there's been sort of an acceptance or a sort of everybody is sort of doing the same thing in 4X. I actually think that we may be in an age, if not, if it's either going to happen or something that needs to happen, an age of innovation. 
where we all sort of have a status quo of what we now expect from 4X and the little refinements or changes or here's Master of Orion 2, but slightly different. I think people are tiring of that. I think that uh, one of the reasons why Endless Space 2 has been not as huge a success as people thought it was going to be is because there's so much Space 4X out there that even high-quality stuff just feels watered down. It feels like the same thing over and over again. I think that as sales sort of flatten and as the ability to just create another number on top of an established brand, people that make 4X are going to have to look at it and re-examine what it can be. So um, in my opinion, that's uh, that's sort of where we're going. I think that's a really good thing in the long run. I think having innovation in the genre is really exciting. Um, And I think that, well, I don't think the, the, I don't look at, I don't think the genre is dying or anything like that, but I do think it's going to slow down. And I think that the next golden age, the next rebirth will be one that's really interesting if people are forced to re-examine what makes a 4X a 4X and start to rethink how to make a great 4X game. Okay, Josh, got a question for you. Out of the three, oh, it's going to be a juicer. Hang on, let let me just lick my lips a little bit. All right, here we go. Out of the three that I mentioned, because uh, let's face it, there's three there's three big games out right now that yes. are, are are firing on all cylinders, right? We got, like you said, Galactic Civilizations three, Endless Space two, and Stellaris. Out of those three, Stellaris breaks out of the pack when I it comes to trying different things. And we were talking about this when you were off mic. I think. The oh, thing, right. Remember, uh, to me, the thing that and I here. Let me let me let you ask your question and then because I think I'm going to answer. But go ahead. Okay. So Stellaris has a lot of role-playing elements to it. Yes. And that drives certain people named Oliver insanely mad because it's not an incredibly balanced situation. It is not. I don't think anybody's going to say that Stellaris is a balanced, you know, strategic game, but it is entertaining. Now, that being said, what kind of innovation do you want? Because one of the things that I have said since I started with Explore Minute, and I'll get into this later when we're talking about Explore Minute in general, um... What kind of you know innovation do you want to see in this entire forex genre that hasn't occurred yet? So, what's something that like you want to see, you know, to, to really drive this forex genre away from turn-based? I'm not doing anything but building four or a single, you know, uh, infrastructure for 14 turns, and then I'm going to build the next one and send on my archer. Like, what kind of things do you want to see, considering the the evolution of how we, you know, the uh, video games in general for the Forex market? So, first of all, I, I, we're, we're picking on Oliver so much. I do want to make it clear that I love Oliver, and I think I love his opinions, and I like the fact that we butt heads and we disagree. I think he's extremely intelligent. Um, and I really love to hear his perspective because it is so different than mine. I pick on him that he's a downer, but he's, you know, I think he's actually really um, really intuitive and incisive about the genre. Um, okay, so that said, Stellaris. So, to me, honestly, the thing that makes Stellaris interesting is when it goes off the beaten path when it doesn't try to be the traditional 4X uh, and when it picks things that seem weird or different. And so to me, it's that kind of innovation. Like you said, right, Stellaris has a lot of role-playing to it. I think that to some extent what will help evolve 4X is the same thing that helped evolve role-playing games, right? Role-playing games in the early 90s were basically dead. 
Um, and then what brought them back is the fact that now every game is a role-playing game. Every game you play, first-person shooters, sports games, they all have role-playing aspects to them. And so seeing role-playing get mixed with 4X, I think, is something that helps move it to the future. I think that seeing those kinds of different aspects that we don't expect to see in a 4X game, I think, are the things that help it the keep the genre strong and smart and things like that. So, uh, I, honestly, I think that, you know, mentioning Stellaris is the perfect example of something that's innovative and different. It's And whenever they make decisions that bring it back to being like other 4Xs is where I feel like it falls down. When it had to go back to having FTL lanes, to me that was a step backwards because it was making it more like endless space. And to me, the answer for Stellaris is to be weirder, to go off the beaten path. The things that draw me into Stellaris are things that aren't in other 4X games. And so that's the kind of thing that I'm thinking about. Okay, so that being said, you're talking about like, you know, breaking off the beaten path. That's mm-hmm. that's what 4X needs. And I agree, because quite frankly, I'm done playing turn-based strategies. But what is one way that you want to see 4X beaten or go off the beaten path besides maybe Stellaris? Is there something that you got in mind, maybe? Uh, let's tap dance for a bit while I think of a good answer. Okay, well, while I'll you're tap say, dancing, I... thank Sorry, while you're tap dancing, I do want to say one second. Sorry, Troy, I didn't mean to cut no you problem. off because we're free. This is open mic. I'm going to freestyle a little bit. Listen, Oliver and I, if you go into our official forms, Oliver and I never agree. I shouldn't say that. We rarely agree. But when we do, it's solidified as a point that I would dare to say that no one could argue. Oliver is a, very, a smarter man than me. I'll tell you right now. He's a smart man and he has a very strategical mind, and he understands the differences between depth and complexity far more than this grunt could ever. So I'm a, even though I, I give him the gears, Oliver, if you're listening, I'll give you the gears, sir, because you and I, we, we look at the same picture, and we look at two different ways that we're going to do it. So that being said, um, well, not your, uh, <clears throat> and it, it, but at the same time, I'm powdering it because I think you're good to go. So sorry, Joshua, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, you're fine. So, I mean, the easy answer for me is narrative because I feel like there are plenty of narrative opportunities in 4X gaming that don't exist. I know Thea has started to do that a little bit um, and Stellaris does too, but I always think that there's other opportunities for that. But because it's such an obvious answer, I'll, I'll try to go a little bit off my usual script and say that I think that what 4X, what I'd like to see 4X start to do, and I think this is actually a very Oliver answer now that I think about it, is to look to board games and what's currently be, being done there where there is an economy of actions and everything you do has to matter very much because you cannot do everything. I'd like to see 4X incorporate. I think what has happened to 4X has become most of them are very bloated. Um, and there's everything has to be involved and everything has to be modeled. And so what happens is, is that nothing matters because everything matters. And so I'd like to see 4X take a look at paring itself down to the big decisions which I think will allow for actually games that feel much bigger because they're being limited in rather than having everything, you have to have the things that only the things that matter. And to me, that will help evolve it as a genre. So, okay. So now I'm going to jump in and um, we're talking so much about Oliver. It's almost like he's here. So he's here in spirit and my take on the state of four X and also kind of um, furthering of what both you, all, th- all three of you guys said, is also in agreement with something that Oliver said. So one of his 
major issues that I happen to completely agree with, and this is brought up in both, for example, Endless Legend and Endless Space 1, Endless Space 2, actually more Endless Space 2 than Endless Space 1, but what happens is, is you have a quest line. And like a faction quest. So one of the things that makes Endless Legend and Endless Space special is that both of those games, you have very uh, asymmetric factions and gameplay and like a lot of uniqueness and each one has its own mechanics. That's why he was so excited for Endless Space too. But then after he played it, he's like, wait, all this stuff happened. And then what? So one of his suggestions is at the end of a main quest, wh- however it resolves, make that the next part of the game. So let's say you're playing as, oh, who who did he? Um, Troy, what's your favorite faction in Endless Space 2? Um, the Riftborn. Yes, okay, that's exactly who we're speaking with. So the end of the quest of the Riftborn is they they find the way. So if this is a spoiler to you, I'm sorry, but the game has been out long enough and we've spoken about it enough times for you to know their story. So their story is, uh, the end, the war between the endless basically punches a hole in their reality and or their dimension and they get sucked in and they start mutating and they don't understand what's happening. And basically endless space two for them is just kind of acclimating to what's happening in the endless space galaxy universe, whatever you want to call it. So their last quest is they finally mastered everything and now they can start bringing reinforcements from back home. So another analogy to this would be like from Star Trek, like species, what is it? 8372 or something like that. The, the lizard. You're, good. you're, you're close yeah, to that, it. You're that's, close to that's it. Probably, 8376, 87, whatever. You, got, you, probably, you know what I'm talking about. So it would be the equivalent of that hole is open and now this floodgate and like all these armies are just materializing. And now the Riftborn at that point should become like the grand menace, more powerful than everybody else. And everybody else is like, should have a combined quest. Okay. The Riftborn are going to wipe us all out. What do we do? So that's one of the things that he said. It would be very interesting if that happened. So now you have a reason to rush to finish your main quest. You have a reason to progress and play with a particular faction. This would be especially interesting in multiplayer, you know? So that's what I would like to see happen in 4X as far as narrative is concerned and the RPG aspects and, you know, the stepping away from just the, I guess, the format that Firaxis established with the Civilization games did and what was done with the Master of Orion games or even Master of Magic, where you have this new mechanic at play. Now, I would like to make it, I would like to make one more comment. So one of the things you guys, all of you hinted at is you would like to see the evolution of the Forex genre and how your choices matter. I will give you one game or two games that do this. So both Warlock 1 and Warlock 2 do this, and also uh, Troy's um, favorite game to talk about. It's, um, okay, wow, it just jumped up from my head. I can't believe it. It is, we're recording this really late, so I apologize for that. Um, from the Russian studio, from Snowboard Games. Oh, Eador. Eador. Eador does this because in both Warlock and Eador, you can only build structures based on resources. So in Eador, you have a limited amount of structures you can build. No matter how big your city gets, you can only build a few structures per level. 
So you have to choose what you build. And in Warlock, Warlock 1, Warlock 2, it really depends on which resources you have. So you have a choice. When you have a certain resource available to you, you can either build you know, structure A or B, something that helps your economy or something that gives you new units or something that gives something to your heroes, like equipment, and that's it. And the city only grows to a certain amount, a certain size, and you cannot have more things and the population matters and things like that. So you have to build, you kind of have city spam going on, but at least in that, in that, uh, you know, going by that idea, your choices matter. So I think what you guys are talking about is already here. But and I know they tried this with Civ as well with Civ Six. They tried to do this. I don't know how well they succeeded. So you probably know better, Joshua. But um, it's definitely there. Okay, I think we kind of uh, we we beat up on some people here unintentionally. So apologies. Fucking, you, you know what? Oliver's fine. He's 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 a big boy. He's a no, smart. No, I'm not boy. talking about Oliver. I'm talking. Oh, about okay. Dan well, DeChico. No. Who? Dan DeChico? Yeah. Screw him. Oliver's good to go. I'll put I'll put Oliver over Dan DiCicco. In fact, Oliver, if you're listening to this right now, you and me, we figure out a way to buy the Star Drive license together. You develop it. I'll promote it. We'll figure out how to make Star Drive great again. Okay. Good luck with that, guys. Good luck. All right. So let's move on to the next question. Okay. So what is your biggest disappointment about 4X or in 4X? gaming whatever in the past four years or basically since Explorminate was founded september of 2014 so why don't you uh mark why don't you start us off with this one wow biggest disappointment in forex in the last couple of years is that is that correct yeah yeah um wow okay so my, I, my I'm, biggest I'm, disappointment is mark's answer so far <laughs> bravo sir i will tell you that um my biggest disappointment is that um I'm not going to name names because, quite frankly, there are games out there that we have been disappointed in. I've probably named at least one that I've been disappointed in, and it comes to potential not being realized. My biggest disappointment is 4X has always been a niche genre. Um, It's never been mainstream. If you love 4X, you're part of a very tight-knit, small community that loves this format of strategy. My biggest disappointment has been that during that initial phases that we were probably talking about earlier, so many developers, independent developers, were trying to cash in on that desire that the community had for more Forex. There was a dry period, an incredibly dry period, from I'd say, what, 1993, four to close to the end of 2000s, where we were getting nothing but hot, pure garbage. Um, there was a particular game. I can't. I, it's something Phoenix. It was something Phoenix. It was a game that uh, was incredibly hyped. It came out, and um, and we don't talk about it because its failure was just epic. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Rise of the Phoenix, something like that, and it was just terrible. But that being said, I think a lot of people in the exact same kind of construct that I was talking about, where the specific type of engine came available for developers to enjoy and or 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 easily available, try to make. 4X viable on top of Steam literally greenlighting everything. We had an incredible amount of people that were passionate trying to make great games. But at the exact same time, we had a whole bunch of nasty, you know, fly-by-night construction workers that were trying to make money off of the 4X genre because it was a thirsty genre. We were dying. We had nothing coming out. We were always looking back 
10 years for the best you know game in the market so my disappointment has been that in this flood of 4x we've gotten a plethora of games that to my in my personal opinion shouldn't even be talked about and i won't even mention their names that's just how dirty and crap their product was but what they saw was a market that was thirsty and they tried to spoon spoon food us you know what they thought we needed in terms of hype to gain a couple buys make their money in jet so hmm. my disappointment's not 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 a game necessarily hmm. but how our community was actually um treated taken not take advantage of we were taken advantage of because let's face it no one's going to come into first person shooter genre thinking that they're going to compete with activision and ea no one's going to take you know no one's going to get into the mmo market thinking that they're going to compete with activision and world of warcraft or guild wars 2 like there are strong players doing great things with this game we were Mm -hmm. dying and these guys came in there and they were like making all these promises and mm-hmm. promising. And we were hype in and we, we were giving them hundreds of thousands of dollars. I mean, not to put a fine point on it, but you mm-hmm. might be shocked to know that, you know, Star Drive 1 sold like 300,000 copies. And that was a game that was hyped to, sh- to hell and back mm-hmm. and didn't deliver. But 300,000 copies when you're a developer, when you have a developer of one who's buying art assets from other people is huge bank. Like we're mm-hmm. talking about millions of dollars, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. So that being said, I think that my biggest, the biggest, one of the biggest disappointments for me is that there has been a lot of substandard and poor games that have never, first off, never had any inspiration, mm-hmm. came out in crappy states, and worst of all, worst of all, Never, ever followed up with patches to make it at least a playable game. A game that we get at least the three of us or the, uh, you know, uh, besides myself, come together and say, you know what, why don't you try this game? Because it's so bad that we won't even talk about the name of those particular games. And there's more than just Star Drive. Again, screw you, Dan. Mm -hmm. That being said, they're so bad we won't even mention their name. So that's that's my biggest disappointment, Nate. Okay. What about you, Joshua? So if it's biggest disappointment in 4X, I'd have to say it's the constant spamming of remakes or inspired buys or, um, you know, uh, based in some way on Star Control, not Star Control, sorry, Master of Orion 2. It's been 20 years, people. The game wasn't even that good. It's time to move on. Okay. Sac- sacrilege, sacrilege. It was a good Truth. game 20 years ago. <laughs> Heathen, Heathen. It's like heresy. Back, do me a favor, people, while you're so busy. Anyway, I cannot say the words that I'm supposed to, <laughs> that I would say. But we're so busy <laughs> patting that game on the back. Do me a favor. Go back and play it. It isn't that good. It was good for its time. It was transcendent for the moment. But it's like two steps above a golden turd compared to what we get today. And people are continuing to worship (laughs) at the false idol of Master of Orion 2 and Master of Orion 1 and even my own beloved Master of Magic. It's over. It's been 20 years, more than 20 years. Let's do new stuff for the love of God. 
It's huh. uh, it, it, imagine if suddenly everybody decided that Citizen Kane was the greatest movie ever made and that the only kind of movie that anyone should make is an inspired by version of Citizen Kane. It's ludicrous. And I'll tell you, Master of Orion 2 is not Citizen Kane either. It, it, I, I, I don't get it. Can we, it, you know, people who are like, you know, throwing their lives and their careers out the window to go remake a game that 20 years ago was pretty okay. I just don't understand. Do something new. Do something different. It doesn't mean, you know, Space 4X does not have to follow that template. 4X doesn't have to follow that template. Get out of space. Stop making wizards. It move on people. So that's my biggest disappointment in 4X. My biggest disappointment in gaming, unfortunately, is gamers. The people yeah. who are actually playing the games. It's so embarrassing. It's so disgusting. The whole idea of this genre is that it was supposed to be bringing people who felt left out so that they could feel like they had a place that they could belong. And instead, we've now decided that now that we belong, no one else is allowed in. It's disgusting. It's time to grow up. It's time to move on. Just because it doesn't talk to you doesn't mean it's bad. Just because it shows different people doesn't mean it's not creative or interesting just because you lost a game doesn't mean that you should send the SWAT team to someone else's house it's, it's like we're all 12 it's time it, it, I'm, I'm so done with it it, it, um, Josh, it makes me hate the genre and the, the the hobby that I love so much the other people who happen to participate in it it, it, it anyway en- enough uh, angry old man yells at cloud but those are my average you are right. a savage, Josh. Right. Okay, Troy. Uh, I don't know. Between, after Mark and Joshua, what's left? Well, Aren't you, I'm not gonna, do, do you have anything? I'm not going to go too far from Josh, but I, you know, the worst game I've played, I'm not afraid to name names. The worst game I've played as uh, a member of Explorminate was easily Apollo 4X. That was just <laughs> that was a miserable it. game. I hated the combat. I found I figured out how to beat the game without ever getting myself involved in combat. It was so bad. Like the it was it, that was that was a miserable experience. Um the but the the biggest disappointment for me is related to what Josh was saying was probably Master of Orion Conquer the Stars. Like Wargaming is a company that is filthy rich. They make obscene amounts of money out of their MOBA games. They bought, they, they paid, uh, I think they overpaid for the uh, intellectual property rights for Master of Orion. And so, you know, if you make that kind of investment, a huge monetary investment, you would maybe try to find some people first that had some experience in developing 4x games maybe had some success or at least try to poach some people like offer them a lot of money to try to poach people from successful studios to lead this and you know i think the guys at uh ngd studios did the best they could uh but i don't i don't know if um, that was the right choice for this franchise because what happened is wargaming lost a franchise okay companies Entertainment companies in particular want franchises because it's not just making money once. You get to make money on that franchise every couple of years, a lot of money. And when you mess up a franchise and you screw it up so bad that you can't make a sequel, you've lost out on millions and millions and millions of dollars. So for me, that's that's the biggest disappointment is a game that should have been up there selling 
right around Stellaris and Civ Beyond Earth levels ended up selling about half as much as Gal Civ 3. That's a huge disappointment from a company that has got more money with than almost any other Forex developer with the exception of Firaxis. There's no doubt, Troy. And I've said this, you know, everything you said is 100% right on. And one of the things I've said since the beginning of hearing about Numu or, you know, Master of Orion Conquer the Stars is if they dropped the Master of Orion franchise and just made a 4X game, a 4X game developed by a company that's got more money than God, I think would have gotten more a better reception by the fact that they weren't trying to copy a, an old franchise, but making their own because they got enough money to make their own. True. The fact that they were handcuffed by Master of Orion because the expectations, no one's going to ever match Master of Orion because Master of Orion is is God. It is the Emperor. No one's going to be the Emperor unless the Emperor has risen from the grave. So if you're never going to meet that expectation, why buy the franchise that's going to you know demand that the player base be met that expectation? It's just ridiculous. Everything you said is absolutely true. It's it's frustrating because if they just would have made their own shit um, and they would have said, you know what, we made a good a 4X game. They made a good 4X game. They did. I don't, I, you know, is anybody arguing that? But the fact nope. that they, 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 yes, stamped, actually, lots of people argue with that. You know what? Screw them. Because they look through them. the, fil- but they're looking no, through no. the filter of Master no, no. Brian. You know That's what? Why. Shove that filter right up the wrong <laughs> side of the pipe. The bomb dollar is, is that, you know, for a fact that it's a good game. It's not a good game compared to what you think it should be, what you imagine it should be, the expectations of what you expect from a Master of Orion sequel. But if you take that Master of Orion name and you cut that right out and you say, I got Mark Hamill and um, Dorn from, you know, doing Wharf and he's going to do this whole stuff and we're going to, you know, we're going to enter this market this way. And you know what? Our, our combat was a little bit off, but bottom dollar is that this first this is our first crack at the bat here, gentlemen. But we're making a franchise, and we got Wargaming right behind us with some money. I guarantee you that would have been not only better sales, but better reception because everybody would have meant like, oh, damn, Wargaming's got our back on this. This is going to be a five- or a ten-year project with multiple sequels. They bought that thinking it was going to be a, a grand slam, but you know what? They got a double. A double's not bad for your first crack at the bat. Again, if you're you, you're a European listener, <laughs> it's baseball. A grand slam is when you hit a baseball out of the park. It's called a home run, but it also happens to be when the bases are loaded, which is pretty much like uh, having sex on your prom night. Um, that being said, um, a and double, to our American fans, Mark is Canadian, which explains why he thinks a double is okay. because a double's a hand job in a in a snowstorm all right so you'll take it kid show all right sorry 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 kid show and again please send your letters to explorminate at either way my point is is that poor poor master of orion conquered the stars if the developers are listening you did a do you, you did a good job you you got crushed by nostalgia Yes, that's. I think if if out of everything you said, if we can go ahead and condense all of it to a single sentence or bullet point, being crushed by nostalgia is right on. All right, so let me add my two cents. Now I'm going to move away 
from Master of Orion and Star Drive and any other game, and I'm going to say this, my biggest disappointment in the last four years is how several studios released very, very solid games that didn't get any attention, didn't get any hoopla, nobody, none of the big outlets picked up on it. Most people never heard of it. And these games tried different mechanics. These games tried different takes on 4X. And because everybody, and this this is also a part of nostalgia. It's like the community is out there screaming. We want 4X, but we want new things. We want you to, you know, mix it up. We want you to give us some new toys to play with in our sandbox. So when these small studios put out these new things that are mixed up with new toys in the sandbox. People are like, no, that's not what we meant. We meant give us Civ, but a little bit different. Or give us Master of Orion, but a little bit different. Or give us, I guess at this point, it would have been Galsiv 2, but a little bit different. Or even maybe Stellaris, or, you know, Endless Space or Endless Legend, or Distant Worlds Universe, or any other game, you know? So you have stuff like uh, Star Ruler 2. You have stuff like um, Space Tyrant, which will be getting a review very soon. You have stuff like, um, oh, what, what's another good one? The, the one with uh, the cartoonish art. What was that one? Stars in Shadow? Yeah, Stars in Shadow. Yeah, but I think, I th- yeah, you know, I don't know. Ever since Steam blocked our ability to check, to look at, like, figures, we can't, we don't really know how well games are selling anymore. So we can ask the developers, and sometimes they'll tell us, sometimes they won't, or they'll give us a rough idea. But, yeah, that's another good one. Yeah, that's so, just, I liked Stars and Shadow. Stars and Shadow was solid. Yep. So you I have think if that had come out four years ago, people would have pooped their pants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right. If that would have come out at the beginning of this latest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, before. So basically, it's interesting. So a couple of games managed to come out before Civilization Beyond Earth, and that was the War- Warlock One, Warlock Two. Um, what else? Uh, Endless Legend. Oh, what else? I think. S- Star Drive One. Well, anyway, Star Ruler One. Star Star No, yeah, but Star Ruler One was really out there. Like a lot of people didn't get it. That's why they made Star Ruler Two a little bit more mainstream, even though it still had a lot of very unique and interesting mechanics. Anyways, my point is, I think it was lack of proper exposure is what what did these games in, or you know, suppress the sales. And that's my biggest disappointment is that quality titles are not being promoted or being recognized and that happened because there was such a glut of large releases and that kind of you know sucked the air out of the room and there was like nobody left everybody's like you know trying to catch their breath you know so it's it's really it's really sad but anyways okay you know we've been really negative so i think i want to go to a slightly different direction let's go in the positive so all right guys so the next question is what is your most memorable moment? What moment makes you happy or giddy or just makes you smile about Explorminate in relation to 4X since you joined Explorminate? So why don't you start us off, Troy? Um, I think the parts of Explorminate I've enjoyed the most over the last four years has been our game of the year. Uh, debates that we have in our own, you know, the command center 
where we get everybody together and then when we do our podcast for the game of the year that it's such a good feeling to award uh, a game you know either expansion of the year or game of the year and just the um the responses we've gotten from the developers that made the games we've awarded that to has been really special because you know they'll reach out to us privately and and uh tell us how they felt when we gave them you know our award for game of the year expansion of the year and you know we're just a small site we're not huge like a pc gamer or something like that but it's been really fantastic just to debate with the guys what game each year deserves the game of the year and sometimes it's a bit of a surprise like the year thea took it i don't think any of us thought thea the awakening was going to win game of the year when we started that year um and uh you know i i think that the games we've chosen for our game of the year will really stand the test of time if you only buy those games the games that have won Explorminate's game of the year you're gonna be happy you're, you're just gonna be happy with your purchase so that that's been my best memory so far all right uh what about you joshua so honestly, I mean, one of my favorite mem- one of my favorite moments is one of the one that you just mentioned, Troy, which is making Fia our game of the year. I th- I think that that showed that we were a step above a lot of other sites that ignored that game, and I'm really proud that we chose something that was off the beaten path that turned out to be such a winner that continues to be such a winner. I think it shows exactly why we need to exist, which is that 4X often gets overlooked by mainstream places, and so great work often gets overlooked, and so um, you know that. But I mean. So, I mean, that's just one thing that I'm very proud of. I mean, for me personally, the thing that I'm most excited about with Explorminate is just the fact that I've been able to write about Civ Six or any Civilization game or to review Stellaris or to just be part of the conversation in 4X um, has been such a joy for me uh, to have readers who have read my stuff and have appreciated my thoughts or not appreciated my thoughts because sometimes negative is good, too. Um, and getting to just be involved on such a ground level with the games that I really love and care about and have grown up loving and things like that and getting to write about them uh, has, you know, uh, far exceeded anything that I thought I would be able to accomplish with Explorinate. And so that's definitely my favorite. Very good. All right, Mark, how about yourself? By far, since I've been part of the Explorinate family, um, I'll tell you right now, it's it's great to be around a group of people that are diverse enough to argue with each other, but uh, eventually see each other's point and agree to disagree on certain aspects because we have such a very group here at Exploraminate. And by the way, we're, we're not getting, I mean, Nate said this in various occasions. We're not, this is all volunteer work, people. This is all us giving up our Sundays and Saturdays nights to let you know what we think about 4X gaming. But as everybody knows, I don't write for Exploraminate. I typically throw my opinion on, uh, you know, the occasional podcast. But that being said, I will also do that on YouTube. That's my major contribution factor when it comes to 4X. My One of my favorite moments in dealing with Exploraminate is when I made the XCOM Let's Play of the original, X play, the, the original Xbox, which was um, UFO Defense. Because I was getting initially like 100 views for a video, which that is our fans. That's our fans. But that being said, I was getting 30 or or more view or comments on it because I was making part of 
our exporminate family members of our crew as they went against the alien horde. If you don't know, each one of the uh, soldiers can be named directly in this um, format. So I just want to give a, th- a, a small shout out, and I will, to Boss, Firestutter, Mal, Ash, Les, SF Jarhead. You went back like three times, buddy. Triflay, Strike, like you guys are just... You're awesome because you contributed so much. Like, I'm probably remembering a little bit, like, you know, Firestarter, Mace Ma, Raxus, you know, you guys are awesome. And, and I even had people that went out and, you know, like people from my work and personal friends of mine come on to this particular Let's Play and enter their name, wanting to be one of the soldiers. So, although X. Calm, the original is a classic game, and it's not a 4X game. One of my best experiences with Exporminate is the community interaction, because you guys are awesome that way. And, and I hope that in the future, we remain that way, because it's one of those rare communities where we all respect the fact that we're going to maybe look at the exact same statistic differently and pull from it different conclusions mm-hmm. but it's done in a respective a respective manner and i can tell you i'm, I'm gonna pump nate's tires a little bit this guy has steered the ship for a long time he does a lot of hard work behind the scenes that's probably not appreciated this guy's he's good to go uh i'll follow him where he needs to go nate needs a lot of um he doesn't need a lot of encouragement but he probably deserves it so I'll uh, I'll take this opportunity to pump his tires and say, Nate, thank you very much, because Exporminate wouldn't be where it's at today without question, without Nate guiding it where he needs to go. So that's my that's my ups and downs of Exporminate. Why, thank you very much, Mark. I really appreciate it. Now, uh, Troy, you wanted to add something? Yeah, you know what you were talking about there, Mark. Well, first off, yes, Nate is awesome, and... Listeners, you wouldn't have Exploraminate without Nate working as hard as he does. And he puts in a tremendous amount of hours every week. You have no idea. But anyway, Mark, what you were saying reminded me of when you did the Darkest Dungeon giveaway videos and you were naming the characters after people. <laughs> now you're right. Those were right. some of the most entertaining videos I've I've watched as part of Exploraminate. I love those things. Uh your your narration, like you you would get into the role play voice of it. Well, you like, know it's hit and miss. It's hit and miss. I'll tell you. It was it was a lot of fun watching you make those videos, and uh, yeah, I I just appreciate the creativity you bring to our YouTube channel. All right. Well, I have to agree. Um, as much stuff as I end up doing for Exploraminate, you guys individually and collectively in a lot of situations, and this is past and present and potentially future staff you guys do just as much and i rely on all of you guys and gals we've had we've had a gal before hopefully we'll have a gal join us again in the future so yeah 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 fellow canadian birdie bot remember she's a country woman woman of yours so um she's good to go she's good to go so um yeah it's it's a team effort i really it's that's what I think makes Exploraminate stand out from a lot of places is that we try to take everybody's opinion when we and, and examine it when we're considering things, be it awards or review scores or just 
comments and feedback when things happen. So that's definitely something. But for me, actually, uh, some of my most memorable moments happened as a result of being invited to places or traveling. So a couple of years back, I went to the second Firaxicon in Baltimore, and I got to meet Rob there, who's the founder of Explominate. And he has since left, but you know he's still he's still around. We talk to him. He posts plenty, kind of went our separate ways. Um, so that was a lot of fun. And then also got to meet John Schaefer over there, and got to talk to him, have dinner, and just you know shoot the breeze. And then the, another time when I got to meet Chris Keeling at uh, PAX East that I was invited to, like kind of last moment up in uh, Boston, and that was that was really cool. And we've had some invites to come to cons and come to visit some studios. It's just unfortunately, it's been difficult to do that because all of us are working full time. All of us have families and kids and responsibilities. And none of us do this as a living. This is a hobby. And it's hard to justify leaving your family for two days or five days because of your hobby. You know, at least for me, it is. And I know for some of you guys as well. So, and I won't speak for anybody that's not on tonight, but that's definitely been fun for me. And, and I have a blast anytime we do a podcast, anytime we kind of the, the conversation before the podcast and after the podcast, unfortunately we cannot really share it because we're a family friendly podcast and you know, we, we're, we got a very low rating. So some of the stuff behind the scenes gets left behind the scenes but yeah we we have some fun okay all right so we're about to wrap this up but before we do i have one more question and this is kind of like we almost include this in every podcast and every q a and the question is what are you planning to play in the upcoming year so why don't you start off with that mark and it doesn't necessarily have to be 4x or strategy it could be a mobile game it doesn't really matter whatever well what's on your docket what's on your schedule for the next year well, I'm going to play Candy Crush because right now I am dying to get into like I'm breaking. No, I'm I'm, like, I'm kidding you. I'm not fucking playing Candy Crush. All right. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to Age of Wonder Planetfall because I don't think anybody here is going to deny that that's a game that is on everybody's radar. It looks awesome. It looks like the developers are right on board. It's going to be <laughs> loaded with DLC because Paradox is a part of it. And that might be, you know, a turnoff for some, but it also it means that if you can afford to enjoy their plethora of DLC, you're probably going to get a game that's going to be refined over the next five years. Um, before I talk too much about that, I want to get on to Phoenix Point because, Nate, you and I are now owners of Phoenix Point. It's a game that... Um, I want to hype up because it's the original owner of the original creator of XCOM, which to me arguably might be one of the best PC games of all time has been, of course, creating um, a similar game on his own. Well, I shouldn't say on his own, but it was a studio in capturing the spirit of XCOM in a different version, obviously because XCOM is now owned by Firaxis. And having listened and watched and read all of the details that have been coming out, it sounds like they're really building a franchise, not a game. The lore that they've built around this game is really quite fascinating and really well written. They actually have an ebook out right now that you can read about similar details about some of the circumstances that have actually come out around this game. And it's very Im impressive. 
and so impressive in fact that I've actually I bought the game trying to get the ebook. I read two versions of the ebook online. I bought the game. I mean, it was on a I was on a deal. Don't get me wrong, but I bought the game entirely because the lore was so damn interesting. And that's something to be said about a strategy game. And finally. I'm looking forward to getting back into Stellaris. If you guys have listened to me and probably looked at the YouTube channel, we've been a little bit light on the content when it comes to Stellaris. I mean, 2.0 came out. If you're a Stellaris fan, 2.0 came out in a very rough state. And 2.1 came out in a state that uh, was far better and probably deserves more footage than I have provided. And I will take that entirely on the chest. It's, it's, it's on me. Um, I was um, not bitter necessarily by the design choices that it did, but its implementation. If you look, my Let's Play of 2.0 got kiboshed because of a bug, and it's very difficult to get remotivated to promote to you guys, our fans, um, a game that bugs out in the middle of a Let's Play. I mean, I, I respect the fans too much to say, hey, you know what? Buy this game, and it's buggier than an infestation off a hell's kitchen so <laughs> i mean oh, <laughs> what are we gonna do right right but right. that being just said wait. just wait a little bit right it's paradox <laughs> you're right you're absolutely right just wait so uh, that being said we're gonna see some new some new youtube content i want to focus it on stellaris i want to especially because i think that there are a lot of good things coming out so in the meantime, I think that Stellaris is where I'm going to go in the future. I want to see Age of Empires, Planetfall push Paradox to make a better game because those two, although under the same publishing banner, could compete to make each other better. Competition is, I think, very important in the genre. And outside of it, I think Phoenix Point's where it's at. That's where I'm seriously looking at in 2019. I mean... I don't want to. I don't want to bring this into it, but let's face it. Um, was it Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven? Right. Is that, anybody is anybody with a decent graphic card not going to buy that game? Me. You're not going to buy that game. I'm not going to buy that game. And if oh. you want, I will explain to you in a little bit why. But okay, okay. So um, is All that right, it? Well. Yeah, that's damn. I mean, then we could we could make the fact <laughs> he's that been you talking for want... ten minutes, Nate. You want more? <laughs> no, no. I'm just. I, I don't want to. I don't want him to like get his second wind and cut him off right before he starts. All right, so. all right, you son of a bitches. Like, take take it away from me. All right. Okay, Troy. How about you? Uh, for me, I'm really looking forward to playing Thea to the Shattering. Uh, as of this recording, we're actually just a few days away from when the Kickstarter backers, like myself, will get first access to the game and i can't wait to play it um I, i'm so excited about it in fact i'll probably be making videos for our youtube channel once I, I get a hold of it and learn it a little bit so uh for me in the next year from now uh that's the one i'm looking forward to the most nothing about planfall um well I know that, well, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely looking forward to Planetfall, but, you know, uh, I think Mark will probably have the YouTube covered there. Uh, I imagine one of the other guys will have the articles covered. Um, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. So I'll, I'll take on uh, Thea 2 and leave Planetfall to the other guys. I think Oliver is all over it. I know Dallin is too, so probably Ben as well. I, I mean, man, it's just... Yeah, when when we talk about it on the weekly exchange, I'm just like salivating at the bit, you know? Oh, for sure. So, okay. 
What about you, Joshua? So, yeah, definitely. Um, uh, of the things that are coming out that are sort of uh, that we don't have yet, but that are sort of in our, our uh, genre area or things that we're going to be writing about or talking about um, over the next year, definitely Age of Wonder Planetfall uh, is the first that comes to mind. Also, uh, Star Control 2. Um, I got to do the preview. We posted about the preview. There's like 800 comments on there um, and not all about Star Control 2, but that's okay. Um, I'm really excited about the game itself. The preview uh, exceeded my expectations in a lot of ways. I've been very nervous about this. Um, much like we've the problems with New Moo, I worry that the the title Star Control carries a weight that even Stardock can't really carry. Um, but so far, so good. The preview was really good. I found myself thinking about it a lot. I'm really looking forward to playing the rest of the game. The writing is really sharp, and the, it, they seem to be moving in a really interesting direction, so I'm very excited to play that. Of the things that we already have that I'm seeing myself playing in the next year, definitely more Stellaris. Um, we were talking about it before the show started. I'm really excited about the new stuff that they've been talking about with uh, the Legine update. Um, and uh, just the game in general, I really enjoy it. Certainly more Endless Space 2. I have not played nearly as much of that game as I would like to. And Civ 6. I know that we've been quiet with Civ 6. Civ 6 has been kind of sneakily quiet since the uh, last expansion, which I don't know if it's a good quiet or a bad quiet. It's starting to feel like a bad quiet. But that's okay because I really enjoy the game, and Mark is going to cuss it out on text, and that's fine. Um, but I really enjoy it, and so I'm looking forward <laughs> to playing more of it. Um, that's fine. He has stupid opinions anyway. Um, and then the two games that I'm, well, the, the few games, more than two, that I'm really looking forward to that have nothing to do with our genre, but I am going to be playing anyway. I'm really looking forward to picking up Diablo on the Switch. I've played Diablo on PC. I've sort of been holding back on getting it for consoles, but supposedly it's, it's actually the superior way to play. So I'm really excited to play that on Switch. Um, Smash Brothers for the Switch as well. I'm really excited for that new game. Um, and then Smash I guess some, Brothers. Oh yeah, let I love this guy still talk on our podcast. Smash Brothers. It it far exceeds um, Master of Orion two and its quality. Um, I'm also looking forward. I guess because it's coming out this week is uh, Spider Man's coming out for PlayStation Four. I'm very excited to start playing that. Um, and Hearthstone. In a year, I will still be spending way too much money on Hearthstone um, and disappointing Troy with all of my uh, opinions. But Joshua, not... can, can, I have one question for Joshua. Can you oh, no. tell me, um, you were saying that you were going to be playing Diablo on the Switch? Yeah, Diablo 3. Oh, Diablo 3, sorry. Yeah, it's there's really only one Diablo. Switch. Well, no, you just mentioned They're Diablo. No, no, you just simply said Diablo on the Switch, and I figured that was the computational power of the Switch, because, you know, Diablo 3 is a, is a legitimate game, so... No, yeah, no, now it is. Now it is. So it's yeah, it took good. a long time. It took them a lot of work on that game to really get it uh, working. Right. And yeah, you can make fun of the computational power of anything. Some of the best games I've ever played have been on consoles that you would consider to be beneath the high-powered teraflop monsters we have today. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, the, the Xbox One crushes everything as far as processing power as a console, and I can't think of one game I'd play on it. Mm. What you're you're gonna throw away the? Uh, no, I'm not getting a console wars. By We're the way, we not gonna do console wars. We're not. Yeah, gonna, you already fine. said you're disappointed. You know in why? Games. Because console switch wins. Like the fucking Nintendo Switch wins. It does. And again, that send your letters to Mark at. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, but you're right. Like the best games are coming out on the Switch. Do you know that um, Pills of Eternity Two is coming out on the Switch? Like yes. that's uh, that's insane to me. Like a 
CRPG is coming on the Switch, and that blows me away. So I'm not going to take anything away from the Switch. But when you said Diablo was coming out on the Switch, I I assumed I I, I, I an earlier version. Like I was, I was thinking like a dumbed down version of Diablo Three. I wasn't too sure if it was a full version of Diablo Three. Yes, yeah, sir. Nin- Nintendo has the amazing ability to come out with consoles that change everything and follow that up with consoles that just bomb right. spectacularly. It, right. it is unbelievable. Like I was ready to give the company up for dead after the Wii U, and like the Switch has totally rescued yep. everything and yep. like when i first saw the switch i thought oh that's a dumb gimmick <laughs> no it's not a dumb gimmick like it's once again just rocking the console world so you know what you know what Nintendo. did it for me and i agree 100 percent with what you just said troy is that like i i'm a nintendo fanboy from way back when like i will i've punched dudes in the face arguing about who's better no, you know Mario or Sonic, like that happened. He's not Sad. exaggerating, folks. We have the pictures. <laughs> that, so that being said, when Nintendo, uh, you know, screwed the pooch and didn't, um, you know, embrace Sony, and let's face it, we know where Sony went from there. I never thought that there would be a viable character when it came to the video game console wars. But the fact is, is that their innovation and brilliance has been. Like, I mean, we could probably fill a podcast. There it is. And curation and ability yeah. to curate the marketplace. But that being said, like, they, you know what they did? They've just always made first grade awesome games. As yes. Nintendo, as it says, like I said, like, no one, can, no one can say that Nintendo doesn't make great games as a first party developer. And now what they're doing is they're saying to other developers, hey, why don't you, why don't you throw your game on to our shit? And like Skyrim is on the Switch. You guys remember when we had a no cursing rule? Yeah, I know. I, 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 there I was think a it no was suspended. Rule. I think it was suspended for this podcast. All right, Watch, I'm this sorry. Is, this is our most listened to podcast ever. <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably, probably. Oh man, we've hopefully so we've... far off track. Nate, why don't you tell us about what games you're looking forward to playing in the next? Sure. Game? So you guys. <laughs> You guys actually mentioned some of my games that I'm playing. So I'm not going to place them in order because if I do, people are going to be like, what? But yes, so definitely Age of Wonders Planetfall without without a doubt. I also um, want to play, and I'm just, these are just new games. So not games that are already out that are going to get expansion DLC, but new games. I'm very, very much looking forward to uh, Thea 2 The Shattering. So I'm just as excited as Troy. I backed it also, and I, I contributed a character to the game that's going to appear there. And then um, another game that I'm looking forward to, this is an unannounced game. It's going to be from Stardock, and I've spoken about it before, which is going to be, my guess is going to be based on Fall from Heaven. So I'm very much... Um, very much looking forward to seeing that. So it's not announced. I know that they're very focused right now on Star Control Origins. And I, I know why, because it is it is a great game. And hopefully the legal drama behind the scenes doesn't hurt the game. But who knows? You know, that's, that's you know, unfortunately, lawyers and judges and things like that get involved at that point. So we'll kind of have to wait and see what happens with that. But as far as Forex games that are getting continued content i'm looking at whatever endless you know i thought endless legend was done until they released the latest dlc i thought they were done 
I thought they were probably working on Endless Legend 2 or something like that. And here they are with new content for Endless Legend. So I'm like, who knows? Maybe they'll have something else down the line. That and Endless Space 2. And I'm with Joshua. I hope the next expansion for Civ 6 is going to improve it the way the last expansion did for Civ 5 and the same thing for Civ 4. So, yeah, I, I've not given up on Civ, but I'm I'm kind of sitting in the back waiting to see what happens with that. And now if moving away from gaming, from Forex gaming, then obviously Phoenix Point, because like Mark, I kicked, I, it wasn't Kickstarter. It was, uh, what was Big. it? Fig. Fig. I Fig started it or something like that. I figged it, but I did it to, I don't know. I did it to a pretty, pretty large amount. I'm very excited <laughs> for it. I'm Nate figged it fan. to a large amount. Everybody. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so I'm I'm a huge fan of the XCOM franchise and Julian Gollop especially as the father of the originator. Him and his brother originated XCOM. So I'm I'm beyond excited for this game. And then if I'm gonna move away completely from PC games, then it's Red Dead Redemption 2. The first game was insane it was transformative it it just blew my mind uh, grand theft uh, f- before it came out uh, me and one of my friends that we played these games were like oh look they're releasing grand theft horse whoop de doo and then when it came out we were just like shocked by how good it was it's it's probably one of the best games ever released and w- with what they're doing with grand what they did with grand theft auto 5 and like just just amazing amazing game and now with Red Dead Redemption 2, I'm very, very excited for it. And as a result of it, I'm buying a PlayStation 4 because I don't own one. So I'm getting like the Spider-Man bundle. So I'm going to get to play the Spider-Man game the same way as Joshua. So I feel like I kind of took something from each of you guys. Each one of you mentioned something that I'm going to be playing. So yes. And I don't own a Switch yet. So there, there's that too. And maybe in a couple of years, I'll grab one when they have more games that I want to play. But anyways, I think that's it, guys. I think we covered everything. We uh, broke our no profanity rule. And by we, I mean Mark broke our no profanity rule. I apologize for nothing. It is, it is okay. <laughs> and, we, and we forgive you for nothing. So it's okay. But all complaints, please direct them to Mark. I shall forward all complaints to him. So anyways... Um, Thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. We're just celebrating the fourth anniversary of Explorminate. And uh, we hope to have four more awesome years ahead of us. And um, be prepared for a whole slew of reviews that I'm going to be writing. Because I'm, I've had to fill in a couple of spots for some of the guys that have not been able to participate. Because, again, we're all... You know, it's difficult, difficult lives with lots of responsibilities and things we got to do. So it happens. It's all good. But by by the end of this calendar year, I shall have published probably five different things that are reviews. So be prepared. And that's it. So, Troy, thank you for joining. Yeah, no problem. Good to be here. Joshua, thank you for joining. My pleasure. Mark, thank you as well. Mark, Mark. Okay, that's it. I think Mark is gone. So <laughs> sorry, 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 guys. I'm sorry if I offended anybody. Sometimes, sometimes the guy goes a little bit off channel. But that being said, thanks, Nate. Thanks, Troy. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, fucking Oliver. I'm sorry. 
And uh, I hope you had a good time. I had a good time. Yeah. Enjoyed this podcast. Absolutely, man. I, I can't wait to read some of the feedback. It's going to be interesting. So, and again, thanks for our patrons for making all of this possible. You all are awesome. Thank you for our listeners. We'd love to hear back from you. And what do you think about our more um, R-rated show? <laughs> so R-rated. that's it. <laughs> well, that's what okay. it was. For language, for strong language. There you for go. strong language. All right. Well, we'd like to thank everyone for joining us. We really enjoyed having you here on the podcast with us. This has been Troy, Josh, Mark, and Nate for Explorminate. Take care, everyone. See ya. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thank you.